morning and uh, stand with me as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 13. 1 Corinthians chapter number 13 this morning. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Reading uh, all of this chapter as we get started this morning. I ask you to pray a special prayer for me. I've been kind of fighting a little bit of uh, allergies or something going on. And I certainly tell it in my voice this morning. So it's not as uh, smooth and uh, awesome as it normally is. Amen. First Corinthians chapter number 13 this morning. Again, reading with verse number 1. Paul writes and he says, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but if I didn't love others... He said, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all, uh, of, and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could, I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Paul says in verse 4, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when full understanding comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and I thought and I reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, as in a cloudy mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God knows, uh, now knows me completely. There are three things that will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. This morning I want us to talk a little bit about true love, true love. Father, thank you today, Father, for for the love of God that is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you, Lord, for, for, for your love. God, you love the world so much that you gave your one and your only Son. And Lord, because that you loved us, we can love you and we can love others. Father, I just pray your anointing will be upon us today. Father, Lord, I just pray that your anointing would break any yoke of bondage or hindrance today. Father, anoint our ears to hear the word of the Lord, we ask. In the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, the Son of the living God, all of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, on the eve of Valentine's Day, I thought it would just be appropriate to talk about love. There was a survey done of kids ages four to eight years of age about love. And these four-year-olds to eight-year-olds were asked to give a definition of love. And these are some of the definitions that these little children gave. One of the little kids said that love 
is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on cologne and, and then they go out and smell one another. One of these little kids says that love is when you tell a guy that you like his shirt and then he wears it every single day. One child said, love is when my mommy makes coffee for my daddy and she takes a sip of it before she gives it to him to make sure that it tastes just right. And then one little guy said, love is when your eyelashes go up and down and little stars come out of you. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit this morning about love. Now, the word used for love here is translated in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that we just read. Understanding that this is commonly called the love chapter. And the word for love used in, in, in this is translated from the Greek word agape, which means a God kind and quality of love. Or to love like God loves. Now, I have divided this chapter into three sections. And I, I want us to take a look at all three of these sections today. And the first section, I, I'm calling it the priority of love. The priority of love. And this is found in verses 1 through 3. We've already read it, so I'm not going to reread it this morning. But in these verses, Paul says that true love, agape love, that, that God kind and quality of love is top priority. What he is basically saying is that without this kind of love, we are absolutely useless. Notice five things that he says about this type of love in these three verses. First of all, he says that without agape love, without that God kind and quality of love, he said that without love, he said, nothing I say will matter. Nothing I say will matter. Verse 1, he said, if I could speak with all of the languages of earth and, and all of the angels' languages, but, but if I didn't love others, he said, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Pastor, you might, you might say, nobody is listening to me. No one, no one, no one listens to me. Well, well then ask yourself, am I speaking out of a, out of a heart of love? You see, why should people listen to you if they don't think that, that, that you love them? Well, why should people listen to you when, when all that you seem to do is criticize them and berate them and, and put them down? Without genuine love, nothing that you say will matter. Paul said, number two, he said, without love, he said, nothing that I know will matter. Nothing I know will matter. Verse two, he said, if I have the gift of prophecy, he said, if I understood all, all of the secret plans of God, he said, if I possess all knowledge, but he said, if I didn't love others, I'd be nothing. So without God's true love in my heart, nothing that I know will matter. Somebody said it correctly when they said people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You see, people can have a head full of knowledge, but if their heart is empty, nothing that they know will matter. And then Paul said, number three, he said, without love, nothing I believe will matter. Verse 2, if I had enough faith to move a mountain, he said, but if I did not possess love, I would be 
nothing. This verse lets us know that God is far more interested in, in who we are than in what we can do. Did you hear me this morning? That, 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 is, that is gigantic this morning. Amen. God is far more interested in who we are than in what we do. Write this down this morning. Write this down. When a person's charisma is greater than his character, it is a recipe for disaster. And we've seen that the last 30 years, haven't we? With many high-powered uh, uh, ministry. Listen, when, when a person's charisma is greater than his character, it is a recipe for disaster. And then number four, Paul writes, and he says, Without love, nothing I give will matter. If I don't have that, that, that agape love, if I don't have that God kind and God quality of love... Nothing I give will matter. Verse 3, he said, if I gave everything that I had to the poor, even if I sacrificed my own body, oh, he said, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. You see, friend, God is not only interested in our gifts and our giving, and He is this morning. I said He is, but God is not only interested in our gifts and our giving. He is also interested in the motive behind the gift. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 through 4, He said, watch out. Do not do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. Jesus said, when you give to somebody in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Somebody said you can give without loving, but you cannot truly love without giving. And the fifth thing that, that Paul writes here in these three verses, he says, Without love, nothing I do or nothing I accomplish will matter. In verse 3, in the Message Bible, it says, No matter what I say, no matter what I believe, no matter what I do, I am bankrupt without love. So this first section of 1 Corinthians 13 speaks about the priority of love. And remember this morning, you're going to hear it many times, but I want you to get this this morning. Uh, Love in this chapter is referring to that, that God kind and that God quality of love. Loving like God loves. This kind of love is top priority. Without it, nothing that we say, nothing that we know, nothing that we believe, nothing that we give, nothing that we do or accomplish will matter. The second section of this chapter speaks about, and I'm calling it, the proof of love. The proof of love. It's found in verses 4 through 11. We've already read them, so I'm not going to reread them this morning. But it talks about the proof of love. You see, true love will be proven through action. Through action. You see, a man that says that he loves his wife and then he mistreats her, he's a liar. A man that says that he loves his kids and yet he refuses to support them, that man is a liar. 
A man that says that he loves God and yet he refuses to obey the commands of God, that man is a liar. I know that's straight, but it's the truth. 1 John 1 and 6 says, so we are lying. We are what? We are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but we go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. I want to tell you, you can sing, oh, how I love Jesus, till you're blue in the face. I mean, you can tell everybody how much you love God. But I'm telling you, if you're not doing your best to live according unto the precepts and the commands and the principles of the word of the living God, according unto the word of God, you're a liar. Amen? Amen. If you're a visitor, I'm not usually this laid back. (laughs) Let's look at the proof of love in verses 4 through 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Again, five things true love will do according unto these verses. Let me suggest, number one, this morning true love will, I, I say it will lighten up. True love will lighten up. Verse 4, love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous, love is not boastful. Listen, friend, we take ourselves far too seriously. And there are too many people today that are wound up like an eight-day clock. And they walk around like a ticking time bomb. Or they walk around with a chip on their shoulder and, and can't understand that somebody bumps them. Time to lighten up and chill out and calm down a little bit. But pastor, you, you, you don't know what I'm facing. Pastor, you, you, you don't know how bad things are. Maybe not. Maybe I don't this morning, but I do know this. Fretting and worrying and being irritable and lashing out at the ones that you love the most. That ain't helping anything. It's only making matters worse. They ask you this morning, do you make everybody miserable around you? I ask you this morning, do you spew negative venom everywhere you go? Are you one that loves to puncture people's balloons? Are you the one that, that loves to bring a spirit of doom and gloom and despair with you everywhere that you go? I don't know about you, but I've been around some of these people. I don't hang around these kind of people. But I've been around these kinds of people. Lighten up. Instead, let God's agape love flow through you. Instead, become a distributor of joy and peace and encouragement. Amen. Be be the kind of person that when you walk in the room, everybody's eyes, you know, light up because they know, they know that you're bringing some hope and you're bringing some cheer and you're bringing some enthusiasm and life just gets better when you hang around. Let me ask you this morning, what would your marriage be like if you would lighten up a little bit? Amen. This is Valentine's time, you know. Love is in the air. What would your marriage be like? What would your marriage be like if you'd lighten up a little bit? And Bubba, it ain't working anyway. What would your marriage be like if you'd stop demanding and start giving? What would your marriage be like if you would stop questioning everything and simply start trying to be understanding? Notice the second thing true love will do according to Paul in this this chapter. Number two, it will own up. 
It'll own up. Verse 4, love is not boastful. Love is not proud. Friend, pride causes more problems than just about any other thing. In fact, it was, it was pride that got Satan in trouble and kicked out of heaven in the first place. Pride says stuff like, nothing is my fault. Pride says, everything is your fault. Love, on the other hand, is willing to own up. It's willing to take responsibility for its actions. Love is quick to say, I'm sorry. In the old movie, Love Story... It's most famous line. I mean, it was famous for years. And that most famous line of love story was, love means never having to say you're sorry. What idiot wrote that line? What idiot? But that was popular for years. What love means never having to say you're sorry. No, no. Love not only means saying you're sorry, but love means you're going to have to say it a lot. (laughs) Amen. Love doesn't just mean saying you're sorry, but love also means saying you're sorry even when you don't think you did anything wrong. And the third thing that Paul writes here, he says, true love will give up. It will give up. Verse 5, love does not demand its own way. It keeps no records of being wronged. So agape love, that God kind and God quality of love, gives gives up its rights. Jesus was the Son of God. He was with the Father. He has always been and always will be. Jesus was the Son of God. But He gave up His rights as the Son of God in order that He might become the Son of Man. That God kind and quality of love is willing to give up its rights. Paul said it this way, verse 5, love does not demand its own way. We understand that in marriage the two become one. The problem arises when they try and figure out which one. (laughs) Which one. Selfish. Selfishness is a clear indicator that agape love is not present. Verse 5 in the Message Bible says, love isn't always me first. Do you know that most divorces are caused by selfishness? You said, Pastor, you're always telling us that the number one cause for divorce is money problems. Yeah, caused by selfishness. Most divorces are caused by selfishness. This selfishness, it it might play out in the area of finances. It might play out in the area of infidelity. It might play out in the lack of communication or something else. But the the basic cause is, is selfishness. Well, he's not meeting my needs. Well, she's not meeting my needs. Well, listen, friend, if we would concentrate on meeting the needs of our spouse instead of demanding that our own needs be met, if we would do that, more than likely we would create a climate, we would create an atmosphere in our marriage where the law of reciprocity would kick in and our spouse would reciprocate by meeting our needs. 
So instead of sitting around with your thumb in your mouth whining that your spouse is not meeting your needs, amen, why don't you concentrate on meeting the need of your spouse? And if you'll start meeting the need of your spouse, and I think things will pick up in your marriage, and they, on the other hand, amen, will reciprocate and begin to meet the need of your life. The fourth thing Paul writes and says here is that true love will open up. Verse 6, it rejoices in the truth. Well, true love will open up and tell the truth. True love is honest about its feelings. It speaks the truth in love. Now, most wives struggle with the problem that most husbands have in sharing their most deepest thoughts and feelings. Let me help you ladies out a little bit this morning. The problem is most of us men aren't very deep. We don't have very many deep thoughts and feelings. And you wonder why we bumble and we stumble around at this. It's because we're trying to make something up for you. Just trying to help you this morning. But fellows, we should open up and share our true feelings and thoughts with our wives, even if they are shallow and surfacy. And once they see how shallow we really are, they'll quit asking. Notice the fifth thing that that true love will do. Paul says true love will grow up. It'll grow up. Verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke, I thought, I reasoned like a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. True love will grow up. True love is mature. Think about it this morning. How How do children act? They pout when they don't get their way. They blame others for everything. They love to tattle. They want everything they see. Sounds like the American couple. Mm -hmm. Sounds like us. Amen. The husband. Sounds like the husband who says, I know we're in debt up into our eyeballs, but but I just have to have this new car. I I just got to have this new motorcycle. I've just got to have this uh, new electronic gadget. I've got to have. Or the wife that says, I, I know, I know we cannot afford it, but, but I just got to have a nicer house. I, I can't allow my sister to have a nicer house than I have. I know I don't need another dress or another purse or another pair of shoes, but I want it, I want it, I want it. Why, why, why? I know I should apologize, but he never apologizes to me. Come on, people, it's time to grow up. Time to grow up. True love grows up. True love is a mature love. Okay, we've talked about the priority of love and the proof of love. Let's look at the third section in this chapter. I'm calling it the power, the power of love. And it's found in verse 13. Paul writes, three things, he says, will last forever. There's faith, there's hope, and there's love, and there's love. And he said, but the greatest of all of these three is love. The what? The greatest of these. 
is love. Agape love, that God kind and God quality of love is more powerful than any other thing. Let me suggest it has power to save. Power to save. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His one and His only Son that whoever would believe upon Him would not have to perish but would be able to enjoy everlasting life. Friend, it was God's unconditional love that motivated Him to send Jesus to the cross and die for the sin of man. And without God's unconditional love, man would have absolutely no hope for salvation. God's love has power to save. Not only does God's love have power to save our souls, not only does it have power to give us eternal life, but this agape love, this, this God kind and God quality of love, when it is manifested in and through our life, it has power not only to save our soul, but it has power to save marriages. It has power to save families. It has power to save relationships. First Peter chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, it says, Wives, your godly life can speak to your ungodly husband without any words. Say, without any words. Your godly life can speak to your ungodly husband without any words. They can be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. Now I want you to notice that nothing is said here about nagging or preaching to them. It didn't say if you'll nag them, you can nag them into the kingdom. If you'll nag them, you can nag them to church. No, you'll nag them away from it. It doesn't say, uh, wives, if you're an ungodly husband, you can preach it. Man, you can go home and just re-preach what the preacher said. I mean, just re-preach it to him. And I mean, do it in the preacher voice and everything. And if you'll just, you can just preach him into the kingdom. No, you cannot preach him into the kingdom. You cannot nag him into the kingdom. But if you will live a godly life, if you will love God and live for God and serve God, amen, if you'll let the fruit of the Spirit, amen, live out through your life, amen, your very lifestyle and the very godliness and the God woman that you are will convince him that God is real and God is true. Amen. And he can be won over not by your words, not by your preaching or your nagging, but by the life that you live. Amen. Amen. Talking about the power of love right now. Not only, does it ha- not only does it have the power to save, but also it has the power to soften. Power to soften. Some of the meanest, vilest men have had their hardened hearts melted by the love of God. When I pastored in Midland, God saved one of the biggest, I'm told he was one of the biggest drug dealers and users in the city. God saved him. God put it on the heart of an individual, a man. God told a man to go to this man's house at a precise and certain time. And when this man obeyed God and when this man went to this druggie's house and when he got there, this man had a gun in his hand and a gun pointed to his head to kill himself. At that very moment, and so this man said, don't, don't do that. God loves you. And he said, to prove the love of God to you, God told me to come to your house. God told me exactly the time, the day, the time. God loved you so much that God knew exactly what you were doing and planning and were going to do. And God loved you so much that he sent me at the exact and precise time before you did this, amen, to tell you of the love of God and that God loves you, amen. And, 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 and the Spirit of God came into that room and, and, and the love of God melted that man's heart. He put down the gun. 
He came to church. He became one of our musicians on our worship team. Agape love, that God kind and God quality of love has power to soften. Listen to me, listen to me, lady. God's love through you can soften that calloused and crusty heart of your husband. And sir, let me tell you this morning, God's love, that agape love, amen, that can flow through your life. God can use that agape love to soften the heart of that rebellious teenager of yours. But not only does God's love have power to save and God's love have power to soften, but finally it also has power to sustain. Jeremiah 31 and 3, God says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. You see, unlike man's love that runs hot and cold, depending on how it feels at the moment or how it is being treated, God's love, agape love, is a sustaining love. If you've ever had your heart broken by somebody, then you had problems trusting the person in your next relationship. It's just human nature. You, you, you became guarded you built a wall around yourself. You, you, you became anxious and fearful and, and insecure. And your question was, will this relationship be like the last? Because the person in the last relationship said that they loved me and they would always be there for me, but eventually they walked out on me. Will this relationship be like the last one? But friend, God's love isn't like this. His love has power to sustain. His love, is, his love for us is not based on our behavior. It's not based even on our loving Him back. Wow. I said God's love for us is not based on our behavior or even our loving Him back. His love is based on one thing and one thing only, and that is His character. And His character is love. 1 John 4 and 8 says God is love. God's love is not just some emotion that comes and goes like the wind. But God's love is a fact. God's love is unconditional. God's love is unfailing. God's love is unfathomable. Oh, God's love is unending. God's love has power to sustain. We get the worship team back in place this morning. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Love is in the air. If you're fortunate enough to have romantic love in your life, be thankful for it. Be thankful for it. Nurture it. Protect it. Appreciate it. But far more important than romantic love is, is agape love, that God kind and God quality of love. And if Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, then we possess that kind of love. And we should manifest it in every relationship that we have. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning. Father, I just pray today, Father, if there are those that are in this room today and they've not experienced that agape love, they have not experienced that God kind and that God quality of love. God, I pray they will today. Name of Jesus.
As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, just taking a moment this morning. Hopefully everybody knows.